Back. Say less. Say less. We are here at Say Less Studios. <laughs> <Cool it. laughs> what do you think about that theme song, bro? It was smooth. It right? was smooth. It was good. Smooth. Good for a change. Yeah, shout out, shout out, Jacko too for shout that theme Jack. song. But we have a loaded, loaded episode for you today. We have NFL draft prospect Andy Isabella, former UMass wide receiver, NFL bound, NFL Mike. bound wide receiver Andy Isabella. We'll get into uh, Celtics. Just got back from their Western road trip. Yep. Preview the game versus Sixers on Wednesday. Yep. We'll get into OKC. Houston and the Nuggets, who will give uh, Golden State a run for their money. Mm-hmm. Walt Frazier, his comments on LeBron. <sighs> but first, I need to say a little bit more. I know it's called Say Less, but I got to say a little bit more about Mr. Isaiah Thomas. Last night, IT made his return to the Boston Garden, where he received his long overdue tribute video in front of the Boston faithful, who showered him with applause and adoration. It's been almost a year and a half since the blockbuster trade that sent IT to Cleveland and brought Kyrie Irving to the Celtics. And boy, so much has changed. IT missed out on millions of dollars as a major hip surgery has left him half the player he was in Boston. He's been on three different teams and has completely fallen out of the public eye. Now, I hate to do this. I really, really, truly hate to do this. But it kind of reminds me of another, we'll say, height-challenged character. If you're a fan of Game of Thrones, then you'll recognize the name Tyrion Lannister. Tyrion was Hand of the King, who, was almost single-hand- who almost single-handedly saved his city from Stannis Baratheon and his attacking army at the Battle of Blackwater Bay. He basically ruled the kingdom, while his sadistic nephew Joffrey, the, the true king, made a fool of himself on the throne due to a number of stupid decisions. But during the battle, uh-huh. Tyrion was seriously wounded And when he woke up from his coma, his father had come and taken Tyrion's position as Hand of the King. Jesus. Oh, and did I mention that Tyrion is a dwarf? (laughs) Does this sound familiar? (laughs) Now, Tyrion has since recovered, and I won't spoil anything, but he's just fine. For now, at least. The same can't be said for IT. And if we're being honest, who knows if he'll ever reach those same heights he reached in Boston. But this is what I do know. The Celtics would not be where they are today without Isaiah Thomas. He carried us when there wasn't much talent around him. He was part of the reason why guys like Al Horford, guys like Gordon Hayward signed with the Celtics. He gave everything he had to the city and then some. We all know what he did after his sister's death during the 2017 playoffs. He is everything that Boston wants from its athletes. I don't care that he was only here for like three years. He's my second favorite Celtic of all time behind Paul Pierce because he exemplified what, it exact, what exactly it means to be a Celtic. As Lord Varys said to Tyrion when he awoke, the king won't give you any honors. The histories won't mention you, but we will not forget. Oh, give me a break. Give me a break, dude. Look, 
I don't know any about this. Um, he did so much for the Celtics. He exemplifies what it means to be a Celtics. That's fine. I'm not a Celtics fan, so I don't know what yeah, that is. Yeah, we know. We know. You're but an embarrassment. You I do shouldn't know. shouldn't be allowed to say you're from Boston. Obviously. I do know. You shouldn't be allowed to say you're from Boston. <laughs> don't say that. You shouldn't I, be allowed to say you're from Boston. I do know. Whatever stint IT had in Boston was what? How many years ago was it, Mike? Let's talk about it real quick. It was like a year, the trade was a was year like, and a half ago. Oh, he literally played for two teams before he came yesterday. Why are we still talking about it? And every because single he time he comes to Boston, yesterday it was his first time he played in Boston. Can you have a heart? He played for Boston in when he was in LA and Cleveland. Did he not? Did he not come back when he was in Cleveland? He no, this is his first time he played. Okay, regardless, what did he do that deserves this tribute? Like, huh? let's talk about this. He was no, second-team All-NBA. Oh, now that, that gets tribute videos? He was second-team All-NBA. The next time Drake Crowder are comes we, to Boston, are, he's getting a tribute are we really video, trying to that diminish? Are we really much. trying to diminish what Isaiah Thomas did? I'm not did? diminishing what he did, Mike. You, you, that's you the exactly facts. what you're doing. I'm giving you the facts, Mike. So what are the I facts? You he was ago, an all-star? He was an all-star? They got to the Easter Conference Finals and absolutely embarrassed the city of Boston when Cleveland Come on, were they supposed to win that? series were they supposed to go to the eastern conference finals no were they not a good team no they weren't a good team jay crowder jonas Jerebko, that was a good team okay okay regardless 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 what did he do he was an all-star okay. he was second team all nba averaging almost 30 points per game what do you mean what did he do regardless it's Disrespectful just so ironic hell. from this city of champions boston this fan base that absolutely glorifies this idea that we're nothing but champions that we celebrate a guy that didn't win we celebrate he a guy who win. gave his all. It wasn't his fault we weren't winning. He was on an awful team and carried us to the first seed in the Eastern Conference, carried us to an Eastern Conference Finals. What do you mean, what did he do? Like, what do you mean? I'm what did he do? Like this is like equivalent to the uh, to the Colts when they put up that ba when they put up that banner. Like no, it's play. not. It's like you can this celebrate guys and their contributions. And the Lakers, they made we're the not putting up banners that we make the playoffs or we went. You to don't even talk about the Lakers. Like, don't even talk we about don't the do these types. Isaiah like, Thomas. Why are Isaiah Celtics? Thomas did what? more on the Celtics than LeBron did with his castle on the Lakers. Listen, listen. Okay, that's that's, cute. Yeah. that's funny and all. Yeah. <laughs> it's just ironic that this franchise that we talk about all the time is we're champions this 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 is like glorifying this little midget because he got to the first round he the first round he went because he was an all-star and second team all nba because he was an mvp like, those candidate are like, those are numbers that 10 12 guys in the league gets like is that a lot is that a lot of players in the league but 12 this guys is, this is boston okay the, aren't you guys the is it his fault champions? is it his fault we didn't win a championship he's part i mean he's no 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 He's the only reason why we were e even in championship comp uh, contention. He's the reason why we got guys like Al Horford and Gordon Hayward, and they are on the record okay, saying that. Okay, that, that I want to disagree with you his with. His sure, he might have recruited. He might have helped recruit Gordon Hayward and Al Horford. He might have had a wonderful season, Mike, to cap it off. All I'm saying is the stint he had with Boston was cute and all. I mean, nothing got accomplished, but it was nice. He did more than what he had. He did more with what he had. Okay, fine. But it was like five years ago. Like let like like drop it. Like let's move on. You're a hater. Like he's a he's hater. with Denver after a Boston. Hater. He played with Cleveland. LA, I never heard Denver. hating like this. This is just hate. Like let's move on with it. Pure right? hate. He doesn't play no defense. You're he jacks a hater. up a lot of shots. Boston is clearly doing better without him. I can completely understand this if Boston misses him. That would be understandable. Like oh, it's an evil IT, world we live we need, in. Like oh, it we need you. Come back. Come back. Like I get it. Like, we need... It's an evil world we live <laughs> no, in. No, it's not an evil world, dude. It's a true world we live in. Boston is clearly doing better without him. They have an all-star point guard, a superstar point guard. You're Jason a Tatum. 
Like, they were clearly doing better without him. No one said we weren't. That's not the point. The point is the man put the city on his back, played with yeah, true real small back shut your mouth, shut anyway, your mouth. Um, played with true Celtic pride that should be celebrated, and and was a, just an exemplary Celtic. Who truly gosh, led. You're just agree with you. Let's talk about it real quick before we finish. Yesterday after the game, he says we would have won. Cap, cap, straight cap, Hall of Fame cap, Hall of Fame cap. Hall of Fame, right next to Jalen Brown, right next to GD Bus. <laughs> Hall of Fame cap. Bro, let you haven't even said. played. Let you him know what he said, He Mike. said if I was still here, we would have won a championship by now. <laughs> Hall of Fame cap. Hall of Fame. Gotta love that you didn't. Guy. You just started playing. You didn't play all last year. How else did he win a championship? Cap. Hall of Fame cap. <laughs> Hall of Fame. Um, but speaking of the Celtics. Oh, man. Celtics. <laughs> Oh, they've righted the ship, T. They have. Shout out. Kudos Shut your mouth. Shut up. <laughs> kudos to them. They've righted the ship after a successful Western uh, uh, Western road trip, right. absolutely clapping the Golden State Warriors, giving them their worst home loss during the Steve Kerr era. Well, that's why I'm always confident. That's why I said the Celtics can beat the Warriors in the finals. That's another topic for another day. But we are back on the East Coast, and they have a heated matchup with the Sixers tomorrow night, Wednesday. Celtics, Sixers. In Philadelphia. In, is it in Philadelphia? Yeah. Celtics. Currently set 2.5 games behind the Sixers. T, who is this game more important for? Well, Celtics have definitely turned the ship. They, they're they crediting a lot of their work to that uh, plane ride mm-hmm. thing, the six-hour plane. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, thing I, of where, course like, I know this, what you're talking about. <laughs> the Caesar turnaround, stuff like that. Look, they're definitely playing well. Philly, too, is playing well, too, since it, they got to be back. They're like 4-0. They just beat um, Milwaukee the other day. when They did. Giannis went like, nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 52. Philly's playing good, and too. And also went nuts. But, like, Mike, um, I say it all the time. We know the story with Boston and Philly. Boston has their numbers. So, until the Sixers can beat the Celtics consecutively and can prove that they're worthy of an actual first-round opponent with Boston, I, I, these games, like, the Celtics just look like big bro every so time they play. So, who is this game more important for? Definitely Philadelphia, okay. without a doubt. Without okay. a doubt. But no, I agree with you. I'm not the biggest Celtics fan. We know this. But we know this. One thing I, Boston. <laughs> one thing I always give you is when they play Philly, I'm going to put my money on Boston every That's time. Facts. Every single time. That's facts. Horford always seems to neutralize and bead. Simmons always looks like a negative towards the second half, how the way uh, Brad Stevens plays him. And then all the Kyrie, Tatum, they always play well versus Philly. So Always. No, I agree with you. It's obviously the, the Sixers. Seeding does not matter to At me. all. At all. It doesn't Because I, I truly believe, like I said, the Celtics are my pick to go to the finals. I think we are the... I don't want to say only, but I think we can give the the Warriors the best run for their money. And, again, we're, the Sixers are 0-3 versus this year. Right. And going back to the playoffs last year, we beat them 4-1, to including wins on the road in their building. Right. I agree with everything you said. I just don't think this is a good matchup for the Sixers. Um, they made a lot of good, good moves on paper. They made some good moves this year. But in reality, that lineup is incredibly easy for the Celtics to guard. They don't have enough shooting. We've been known this. That's been a problem dating back to last year. Tobias definitely helped. Tobias can't shoot. But look at their additions. Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, wings. It is very easy for us to switch on all of their players because they're all wings. And you know Boston has a plethora, a plethora of rings. They don't have enough shooting. Like I said, their one shooter, J.J. Redick, that's a plus for us because he's someone you can put Kyrie on defensively because J.J. Redick is not going to beat you off the dribble. Right. So that actually helps us because he's someone you can throw Kyrie onto. So like you, like I agree with everything you said. They have to prove that they can beat us. It's much bigger for them. I don't I don't of fear course. the Sixers at all. One thing we have to talk about, though, is Embiid's lack of domination when, they, yeah, when he and plays that's, Boston. And it's that's just, something I— We know with the Sixers who—, who, who 
Embiid's the one that's driving that like that train. He's the he's yeah. the forefront. No matter yeah. who what you think about Ben Simmons, Embiid is the one that if they ever want to get to that next level, he has to take them there. Yeah. And every single time he plays Boston, Al Horford gets his number. He does, which is so confusing to me. And I the, the reason why, and I've said this on many uh, occasions. It's because Embiid refuses to play with his back towards the basic basket consistently. If you're going to face up Al Horford, Al Horford can, can stick with you. Al, Al Horford's athletic enough and big enough and quick enough to stick with you, Joel Embiid. But you got to use your size. you got to use your power, your strength, and back him down. He is resistant to play with his back towards the basket like a traditional big where he has the size and strength advantage. And on top of that, Ben Simmons. It's a tr- it's a real problem because he does it's not, not a problem. It's an embarrassment what happened. Well, to well, obviously, Simmons. it's an embarrassment. But it's a real problem for the Sixers in the half court. Right. At their core, the Sixers like to play stout defense, get out and run on the fast break. You can't do that during the playoffs because the pace will slow down and you are you're not going to be able to get as many fast break opportunities. So you're going to have to play half court basketball. And when your point guard That's can cannot shoot, period, he's no threat. To shoot at all. Nor he does he want to. He take doesn't want shots. to. Doesn't look to shoot. Right. You see the space, and they basically play him as a power forward at times in the half court offense, and that favors us. That causes so many spacing problems for a team that already doesn't have enough shooting. Right. So all these reasons, it's just not a good matchup for the Celtics, and the Sixers aren't really going to be great until. They address their shooting issues. Joel Embiid learns to cons- play with his back towards the basket more consistently, and and Ben Simmons. Develops a jump shot at some point. We've seen guys like Giannis. Giannis is starting to shoot now. He'll take them. He'll take them. And you saw that game on Sunday versus Sixers. He was making them. Mm-hmm. That's why he dropped 52. Mm-hmm. Simmons is going to have to figure it out. Um, but moving on. Western Conference. Mm. Haven't really talked a lot about some of these teams. Nuggets. OKC. Nuggets just played the Celtics last night. Beat the Celtics. Really good win. Jokic, Jokic is amazing. He's amazing. He's good. He's, he's amazing. He's, good. he's, he's good. one of the most skilled players in the NBA. He's good um, for sure. But I got to ask, UT, who is the biggest threat to Golden State in the West? I'm still going to take Oklahoma City, Mike. Jesus I know Jesus I know that uh, the, that loss for Golden State didn't look well. Oh Let me break it down for you real quick, these three teams. The Nuggets, I tell you all the time, that formula is not built for the playoffs. We've talked about it before. What formula? The, with the, how their team is constructed, where they have a bunch of quality role players, but they don't have that one guy in the postseason that you know could take us to the next level. Mm-hmm. Who's that one guy, Mike, on the Nuggets that you're super confident when they play the Warriors, he's going to get his? You're super confident. No one. No one. Like that. That's not. That's not a team I'm confident in when they play the Warriors. Oklahoma City, two guys, Westbrook and Paul George, will be there when they play OKC. Both of those guys step up. And Houston, we talk about it all the time. Houston doesn't match up with Golden State, just because they like to play that. They like to play the. They're the closest thing to the Warriors. They're the replica of the Warriors. They're offensive based team. They like to shoot a lot of threes. And we, t- I tell you this all the time. You're not beating Golden State by playing Golden State's I mean, game. They almost did last year. Yeah, last year was last year, Mike. A lot of things happened last year. Last year was close that I book. Mean, it's it's 2019. You're gonna need. Perimeter defenders, versatile defenders, like Oklahoma has. Paul George, Jeremy Grant, um, uh, the Ferguson kid. They have people that can defend on the perimeter and can switch. And Adams is a big that can somewhat, somewhat contain Boogie Cousins in the playoffs. So I think OKC is the better matchup. Nuggets definitely is a no. That's the last one. I mean, I agree with you about the Nuggets. Obviously, Jokic is a great player. One of the most skilled big men. One of the most skilled passers 
from the big man position that we've seen in this game. Um, but like you said, they don't have a perimeter guy they can get a bucket with. And more specifically, they don't have wings. They have one official small forward on their active roster, and that's Tory Craig. And this is Tory, I mean, he's all right. <laughs> but, and that's something we saw the last time the Nuggets and Warriors played. That the Warriors' length was a huge problem for the Warriors. Jamal Murray and Gary Harris were MIA. The, the, we we need an APB for those guys. They were they were no show. I don't know <laughs> yeah, where no they were. Legit, Casper the Ghost. <laughs> no I don't know shows. where those guys are. But OKC, I have a huge problem with OKC. I okay. understand they're a great defensive team, and I have no problem with their defense because defense you do need defense. Right. And to, to especially to beat the Warriors, you have right. to play to be able to strap up uh, bully guys like like Steph and Clay to get them off their game. But I don't like their roster construction. You talk about the Nuggets roster construction. Look at the Nuggets. I mean, the OKC Thunder roster construction. They don't have enough three-point shooting. That's, again, we know this. They don't have enough shooting. They shoot 24%. They shoot their 24th ranked team in terms of three-point percentage. But in, And then, so they don't have enough shooters. But in terms of their actual roster construction, they're too dependent on their stars. They're too dependent on Paul George and Russell Westbrook. They don't generate enough good shots. We talked about the Celtics and IT. On those teams, it was just IT and just a bunch of guys. But you know what they were going to do? They were going to generate good shots. It came down to, are they going to make those good shots? I watch OKC. They don't generate enough good shots. Yeah. They're way too dependent on okay, their stars like Russell Westbrook and Paul George. And part of it, and they're, pa- they're coaching. Uh, I don't Donovan like gives them the I green don't light like, to take it. Exactly. And I don't Westbrook like Paul I don't like Billy Donovan as a coach. Paul George, I'm not Rally. convinced he'll be able to, to produce in the playoffs. We haven't seen that since he was in Indi- Indi- Indiana. You, hold they, on. You go, don't believe in playoff P. No, of course not. I mean, <laughs> well, who, wait, where's playoff P? Haven't seen him in years. Haven't seen him in years. And I think the Warriors have enough length and size, KD, Igudala, to guard Paul George. And, I mean, Russell's not going to take you there himself. So, in, in my opinion, okay. I think it's Houston. Houston is peaking at the right time, winning 11 of their last 12 games. They've made great roster just Kenneth Fareed, Austin Rivers, Iman Shumpert. Size, length, shooting. Harden, James Harden is the MVP. I don't want to hear another word about Giannis. I don't want to hear another word about Paul George. Do we forget what James Harden was doing December, January, and February when guys like CP3, when guys like Eric Gordon were injured and he was playing with local YMCA members, carrying them back to the fourth seed in the comp, in the in the Western Conference, mind you. James Harden is the MVP. They are back and ready to compete with the with the Warriors. And we saw what they did last year. They, they were up 3-2 until CP3 went down. And if it wasn't for what was an over 27 stretch in game seven, they could have won that game too without CP3. I'm again, I don't think they're going to beat the Warriors, but if you ask me, the Rockets are the biggest threat to the Warriors in no- the Western Conference. Uh, excuse me. Have you noticed that though when Chris Paul has come back, it has not looked the same? They've won 11 of their last 12 games. <clears throat> no. Listen to what I'm saying. When James Harden was doing that stretch by himself, they look really really good. He was He looked really really good. It's him as a, them as a team. I don't think they looked as great. Remember, we talked about this. There was one Sunday afternoon game, Sixers-Rockets. Remember what the Sixers were doing. The Sixers were trapping Harden before he even got over half court. So it, was, it got to the point where Harden actually needed that help back. He got, their half, got, that, got that help back, and now he doesn't have to drop 40 every game like he was doing. They're so you, much more complete So team. you believe in the CP, the CP and Harden thing working in the playoffs? I mean, it almost they were up 3-2 on the Warriors last year before CP got hurt. Oh, you're putting stock into that series. Okay. They were up 3-2. What can you say about that? 
if it wasn't for an over 27 stretch in game seven, they still could have won that game without CT. Do you kind of hear that though? If it wasn't for an over 27 stretch, over 27 isn't normal. If they just saw average or even a little bit below average, they could have won that game. They went oh, they had an oh for 27 three point shooting streak. That's not normal. That's awful. That's terrible. <laughs> That's awful. That's terrible. That's and awful. clearly, again, I have my doubts on whether or not CP can stay healthy, but he's missed enough time this year. They're, I, they're using him a little less. I hope. I pray to God that they manage his minutes. He's been working he's on trying yeah. to. Oh, he, I, I hope all these teams are healthy. We need to see actually Golden State play a healthy team. That's facts. Like a healthy, healthy team in the playoffs. Facts. All I know is I can't wait for NBA playoffs. Oh, yeah. NBA playoffs. Movies will be made. This, movies will be made. That second round is looking crazy. It's looking it's crazy. crazy. It's going to look crazy. It's going to be crazy. Oh, my goodness. I cannot wait. Um, This is going to be me the entire playoffs. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But uh, speaking of the playoffs, we have to talk about a non-playoff team. Who? Who? We have to talk about a certain non-playoff team. Who? 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 Who we talking about? Who? Who? Mr. LeBron James and the LA Lakers. Oh, my God. Um, LeBron and the Lakers played the Knicks this past weekend at Madison Square Garden. And Walt Frazier has some really strong comments about LeBron. LeBron was seen on the end of the bench, disconnected from his team. And Walt Frazier said, quote, when you're the face of the NBA, you should be more a part of your team. And right now, you see, he doesn't really care. Just awful. Just do, awful. Do you think those comments his are His opinions valid? are almost as bad as his suits. One of, the thing, one of the things he was oh saying. Oh, my God. One of the things he said too, Mike, when he elaborated on it, he was like, oh, um, LeBron's not, LeBron shows that he doesn't care in public. In the locker room, that's fine. But in public, you have to show that you're a part of the team. Like, no, you got it. First of all, that's the other way around. Who cares if he's sitting at the end of the bench? Who cares that he's talking to Tyson Chandler and he looks disengaged? Everybody knows that LeBron on this team puts more work than anybody, sacrifices a lot more than anyone does. Who the hell cares that he's sitting on the bench? I mean, we definitely don't, we definitely Why don't do these see that old the guys? Of the ball. Part of it, Mike, is these old, old guys that played in that old ass generation where they they were basically constricted to do. They couldn't do whatever they want because they had no freedom. Oh, okay. They had no not mobility. everything comes to that. You yes, love Mike, that's what that. it not what it does. LeBron, people hate LeBron and what he does because he's opened up the age of mobility. He's allowed players and people to do what they want. Okay, okay, okay. What is it? Okay, what does this have to do? Like, with, why do what I, does this have to do with Walt Frazier's comments about LeBron not being? Uh, connected to his team on the bench. That's not related. Yeah, it is related it's because his comments relate. Do you, Let me ask you a question. Do you think that him sitting at the end of bench is a problem? It can be. How is it a problem? It can be a problem. Why does LeBron get this? It can be a problem, especially when you have instances of Rajon Rondo a few weeks back, a few weeks back, a few weeks back, who was sitting amongst the fans. That's wrong. So this is a repeated occurrence of it. It's it's a little glimpse into this team. How connected are they? We know they're not. They're obviously they're, not a great team. They're not making. Yeah, the and one of the things to talk about too is on this team, who is LeBron's friends? Like he like Rondo. LeBron's. Yeah, LeBron's cool with mostly what veterans and stuff like that. I understand. This team is LeBron and a bunch of nineteen-year-olds. There's like a what an eighteen, nineteen-year gap with these guys. I understand. What could they possibly be talking about? I mean, like they're not the best of friends. He doesn't have clearly, any. Clearly, he doesn't have anybody clearly. on this team that like he can trust. Obviously, but so, he's the leader of this team, correct? Of course. So, in terms of leadership, that's not a good. That's not a good leadership. So, leadership not- to you. Let me just get this straight. Is sitting with. Sitting next to your buddy at the bench and give him high fives and kisses on the cheek. Not necessarily. It's being a leader is being a part of the team you're trying to lead. If you're sitting off to the side disconnected, that's not leadership. Now, I'm not going to go as far as Walt Frazier and say 
uh, he didn't care. Just idiotic. But these are there are patterns of behavior. The players, how they responded to the Anthony Davis trades. Rajon Rondo sitting amongst the fans, not sitting with the team. And now LeBron James disconnected from the team when he's supposed to be the leader. He's supposed to be the guy that keeps, keep, keeps the team together. And even he's sitting away from the team. I'm not going to say that he's he doesn't care. I'm not going to say he's a terrible leader. Da, 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 da. The season's already lost. So, and some of these guys could be gone in the summer when the, if an Anthony Davis They trade, will be gone. I mean, you're probably not getting Anthony Davis, but... They will be gone. Again, it's a pattern of behavior. This Lakers team has not been the most connected team throughout the year, and it's probably part of the reason why they're not going to the playoffs this year. But um, say less. When we get back, we'll have that segment with Andy Isabella. Say less. Stay tuned. Welcome back. Say less. You know the vibes. Just like we promised, we are in the building with the, the myth, the legend, Andy <laughs> Isabella. Andy, what's up? <laughs> what's happening, guys? How you doing, Andy? Thanks for having me on, man. No, I appreciate it. Thank you for coming into the studio, recording this episode of Say Less. We appreciate you. Watched you all season. First off, great season, Andy. Your first in the nation in yards was 1,700. Yep. Second in receptions, 102. Yep. Sixth in TDs, 13, a finalist. For the Blitnikoff Award, killed it at the Combine. Some people have you going around two or round three. Just, you killed it this year. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. What has this past year been like for you as you firmly put yourself on the map? Uh, man, it's all been a blessing, to be honest. I mean, I just uh, believe in myself this year, to be the to be to completely honest. And, I mean, it's been all a blessing. I mean, I've had the right people around me to uh, show me the way and uh, very blessed to be here. Right. Um, so we know you're from UMass, you're, uh, UMass Minutemen. So what lessons and advice will you take from your experience here at UMass that you're going to take to the next level? And what mistakes or what things have you gone away with that you know you can't afford at the next level? Because the NFL is a jump. We, we, we know that. Yeah, I mean, I've already experienced, I mean, the jump. I mean, at now when you put a put some money in front of someone they're gonna they're gonna play even harder Ooh, yeah for real <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> so everybody everybody playing hard every snap is it's no it's no joke now i mean right. some, they don't they the stakes are high and uh i mean what i learned at umass is i mean you gotta do everything the right way you gotta work hard and you, you gotta come out every day with a passion and, and for what you want to do so it's it's, it's been a, t a really tough journey but i mean a lot of ups and downs but i mean i've been through it all and I mean, it's great to be uh, sitting here. And um, what uh, some ups? So you want to know the downs? Yeah, like what what things have you kind of you might have gotten away with here at the collegiate level because maybe your skill set or your talent clouded it. What things that you what things do you know when you get to the next level you can't afford to do? You can't you can't make mistakes. You got to be mentally prepared every 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 mm -hmm. uh, every play and every every day. You can't come in one day slacking because that day you're at your job's on the line every day in, in the NFL. Right. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you about the combine. We all know the combine is a very, very weird place. We were talking off air about all the medical examinations they put you through. Mm -hmm. They had all your records from like sophomore year of high school. Um, for you though, what was the best moment from the combine for you? Ooh, the best moment was the I think the the Cardinals interview. Ooh, what I mean, happened? They, they were what just happened? they were just hyping me up. All the, all the other interviews, they're drilling me with questions and drilling me with questions. Were you was, was uh, Kingsbury there? Yeah, he was he was in there. Ooh. They had their uh, GM and 
even their uh, team owner was in there, so it was, it was pretty cool. What kind of questions did they ask you? But they none, none really. They were just they were just putting up the, my best plays throughout my career, and they were just like, wow. "Man, you're amazing." I was so like, "So it sounds like you're wow. Really it sounds like you're number one. You're right here, Andy Isabella, first thing in the draft." <laughs> I was like, "I was like, damn, this is an easy interview." I was, <laughs> I was just in there laughing the whole time because they were just hyping me up, and I was just in a room with the Panthers, and they were they were drilling me with questions, having me on the board, Robert saying, what, "What play? Did, what, what what what's someone doing here?" <laughs> What's he doing? And I'm like, damn. And then I go in here. I'm like, all right, it's going to be the same thing. Yeah. And they just started hyping me up. So, I mean, that, that, that was probably one of the best moments. You I said think. the Panthers were drilling you. So, what, what kind of things were they drilling you on? Coverages, uh, different. Talk, talk to us about that. Uh, so, you, when, most of these rooms you go into and they're, they they throw up your tape. And um, they either going to throw up bad plays. They throw up some good plays. And basically, they want to know what everyone's doing on the field. So what you were thinking. They were, yeah, what were you things? thinking. And But mostly they want to see if you if you know what – the whole team is doing. They want to know what each position is doing, not just yourself. They want to see how smart you are and stuff like that. I know the, the Eagles were, was probably the toughest one in terms of they were just trying to get me to fold, basically. They were, they were oh. just uh, putting oh. up putting up all these uh, bad plays, and they were just like, what's up? What's up here? <laughs> <laughs> and how, did, so. how did you answer these questions? Because a, a lot of these times the coaches want you to take accountability. Like, yeah, I kind of just dropped the ball there or I messed up there. Yeah, absolutely. They want, they want to see how – I think their biggest thing, they want to see how you react. They want to see how you react to a bad situation, and I think they're they're putting you in a bad situation to see if you can stay calm and and stay composed. Because they're they're like it's like it's almost like you get kidnapped. I was, that's what I told my friend when when I after the Eagles interview it was like I almost got kidnapped. I got put in a room and they're interrogating me on my my whole entire life, <laughs> and they're trying to see if I would fold basically, or I was gonna give them something that I, that maybe I was holding in almost. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I see. But then after they're like, "Man, good job." I'm like, "What the oh, hell okay. just happened?" <laughs> <laughs> I thought y'all hated me. Um, the combine's known for a- the scouts of the combine. They're known for asking some pretty weird questions. Uh, one player was asked if he had both of his testicles. Uh, another player got asked to do a staring contest with the scout. <laughs> what was the weirdest or funniest question or act you got asked during your meetings? Uh, they they ask like a bunch of like weird. They it's like almost like a first date with some of these scouts. They try to like they just really try to get to know you on like a a personal level. They'll ask you. They'll be like, so what do you like to do in your free time? And you'll be like, man, I just like to chill. And they'll be like, then they'll be like, what do you mean chill? You like smoking? <laughs> I'll be what? like, damn. <laughs> but uh, then they'd be asking, do you love stuff? They'll be like, do you do you love your family? Do you love? Then they'll be like, do you love football? And like just stuff, weird stuff like that, no. and then they'll be like, "And then do you really love football?" That's what they'd be saying the whole time. They'd be like, "Everyone asks, be like, do you really love football?" But some of this we have to talk about. It's valid because they also they're drafting not only the player but the person. Like they have to kind of get to know who you are. I as mean, a, yeah, but asking a guy if he has both of his testicles, <laughs> I don't know why that's yeah. why is that valid information you need. Um, but another player that's at the combine, another receiver actually, DK Metcalf, stole storylines at the combine at the combine. What was it like seeing that freak of nature in person at the combine? Oh yeah, he's a he's a big dude. I mean, when you see him at <laughs> person, you're like damn, he's a that's a big man. <laughs> <laughs> he plays receiver. <laughs> but uh, no, he was he was super cool, down to earth. Uh, maybe not what a lot of people would expect mm-hmm. him to be. But no, I, I I liked I liked him a lot. He was a cool dude. Yeah, um, you're from Ohio. Cleveland. Some of you, Cleveland. Are you from Cleveland? Yeah, Cleveland. I'll so Cleveland. Cleveland, Ohio. In some of your interviews, you mentioned that you grew up a Browns fan. So I have to ask, how are you feeling about your team? They traded for OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., traded for Olivia Vernon, uh, Olivier Vernon, signed Sheldon Richardson. They still have Baker Mayfield, your franchise quarterback, Jarvis Landry, Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward. 
Andy, how are you feeling about your Browns? Man, now that I probably can't even be a fan anymore, so <laughs> damn. Now they're going to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, no, nah, it's cool. I mean, I'm pumped up for the Browns for sure. But, I mean, most likely I'm not going to be drafted by the Browns because all the receivers they got. But, but do you want to get drafted by the Browns? I mean, it will be cool to play there. But, I mean, they, they also got a lot of receivers. So, um, yeah. we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, um, Mike mentioned that you're from Ohio, but um, playing for UMass was obviously going to bring Patriots as a potential fit. And, you know, the compa- those comparisons were going to come up. So, what do you think about, what are your quick thoughts real quick on Brady, Belichick? What do you think it would be like to play for? I think, I mean, playing for the, a team like that, I mean, just the, the legacy that, that's there right now would be, like, just just amazing. I mean, I mean, and the amount of talents there and the amount of, like, just history that they've, they've uh, created over the past uh, couple of years and, Probably for a couple more years here, we'll see. I guess so. I mean, playing for them would be sick, but I mean, but yeah, I mean, you get it all the time. You're like just and being in Massachusetts, everyone's like, yeah. oh, you're going to Patriots. <laughs> yeah, it just comes up. Yeah. So I mean, some even the scouts on the other teams are like, they're like, yeah, we're not even gonna try. You're going to Patriots. <laughs> hey, we'll take you. We'll take you. You said your girlfriend would really love that too if you played for the Patriots. Yeah, it's like I can't stand her. She wears her Gronk jersey to bed every night. I'm like, man, I'm not sleeping with you. <laughs> Uh, real quick, wait, real quick before we get to football. So you're from Ohio again. LeBron, those two times he left, he left in, wow, what year was the first time he left? 2011, 2012? Yeah, 2011, 2012. What were your thoughts when he left then? What were your thoughts that he left now to the Lakers? I was never a hater. I thought it was, I thought he was, it was cool when he went to Miami. And you were cool with win, it? Yeah, I thought it was cool to win a championship. I mean, I remember when, when we were watching on TV, though, yeah. people were burning the jersey. I thought that was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I've always been a LeBron fan. What he's, what he's doing for the community, I mean, hopefully one day I'll be able to do something probably not as big as what he's doing because he's got all that money. But hopefully, man, something. Hopefully something. I'll be so. able to do something like what he's doing. For sure. Um, you've also been compared to guys like Wes Welker, Julian Amendola, uh, Julian, Julian Edelman, Edelman, Danny Amendola. Do you think those comparisons are fair, or do you think you could do more than that? I definitely think I could do more than that, but I, I definitely think I could do what those guys do as well. I mean, I actually got to meet Wes Welker at the uh, combine. He was a cool dude. Oh, yeah. Talk to, oh. So talk to us about that. Wes Welker, he's been known Whoa. to be a little bit of a nut. And so what was <laughs> he it got like a meeting lot him? of CTE, Mike. He, <laughs> hey, he, took, mean, some hey, big, hey, hey. he hey. took some big, big hits. He took some big hits. Pray for him. <laughs> Pray for that man, man. <laughs> Pray for him. <laughs> Yeah, he he looked like he was he was uh he had a like looked like he just came hunting or something. Yeah. <laughs> when he was at the cop. <laughs> but no, he was, he was super cool. Took? Oh man. <laughs> but oh, uh, man. but no, when I met I he met him, he was like he was like, "Man, I love your game." He's like, "I really like your game." And I was like, I didn't know what to say. I was like, I love your game. And he started laughing. <laughs> but it, that was cool because I, I, I really like watching what he was like one of my idols growing up to yeah. watch uh, Wes Welker. So that was cool meeting him. Oh, so I was going to ask is who, what wide receivers did you grow up watching or idolizing or like modeling your game after? Yeah, definitely, definitely Wes Welker okay. just because he was that shorter, shorter guy that no one really gave a shot. Mm-hmm. And what he did in his uh, career and being able to last as long as mm-hmm. he, uh, I mean, how like he played in 12. 15 something years in the NFL, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, speaking of like wide receiver comparisons, Tyreek Hill, Cheetah, Cheetah, you're both short receivers. Both of you run pretty fast 40s, you know, decent 40s. <laughs> you ran a 4.31, tied for fastest at the combine. When Hill was coming out of the combine, of, out, of, out of school to go into uh, NFL, he ran a 4.29. Is he someone you think you could be like? Oh, definitely. I mean, that's 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 the goal at the end of the day is to be on a level like Tyreek Hill. 
Uh, we got the Chiefs coming to work me out Friday. So, I mean, mm. playing with Tyreek Hill, that would be crazy. That would be crazy. <laughs> I actually, I don't want that, actually. <laughs> so, please, can you just, just bomb that workout for me, please? Don't. <laughs> for Pats Nation, please don't. Please don't. Do, please don't. Um, speaking of the Patriots, though, you got the chance recently to work out with Hall of Fame wide receiver Randy Moss. Jeez. Talk to me about that experience, how that went, and how fun that was, because we all know Randy Moss is just crazy. He's a nut. He's, he's different. You've got to be a little crazy to be great. So talk to me <laughs> about that workout, because I saw the video, and all, for all the fans listening, you should definitely go watch that video on NFL.com. It's, he's, a, he's a nut. He's crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, he is intense, like one of the most intense people I've ever work with I remember when uh the first workout or the first workout we would he would have us run like five routes full like it was full speed right off the bat like luckily like we warmed up before he got there <laughs> full speed like routes right off the bat five routes it was like 20 routes like bad no no breaks at all and then you would do after we ran 20 routes it was like 30 minutes into the workout mm-hmm. and we ran then we had to run um he had us run like five uh 40 yard sprints all out 40s mm-hmm. and he's like back on the line we got like more routes we thought we were we thought we was done so then we go and run like <laughs> 40 more routes we're doing like hurry up offense like you run a route run back run yeah. another route and then he's like back on the line you got 40s again full speed Jeez. we started getting smart me and the it was me and this other kid we started getting smart and started jogging the 40s because like we couldn't even breathe or nothing <laughs> <laughs> and I, after the after the work it was like two hours of non-stop just running Jeez. and uh i've never like chilled at the field after a workout and i was yeah. literally just laying on the ground with my arms spread for yeah. like 40 minutes after the workout that's like, crazy damn, this is crazy it was like three days like that in a row <laughs> what's, like, what's like the number one thing you took away from your time with Randy Moss? Uh, I think it's the mentality you have to have. I mean, yeah. he's, his mentality was you can't, you can't never get tired, and that's what he tries to teach is you got to be able to run routes back to back to back mm-hmm. and then be able to run some more sprints and then get back on the line and run some more routes because if you're in better shape than the other guy and you could, you could I guess, keep going longer than the other guy, then yeah, and, and you're going to win the game. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, one last wide receiver question. Uh, who do you think is the best wide receiver in the NFL? Mm. I think it's Julio. We've had debates about this. Who, a B. Oh Mike. my goodness, a, B. it's Julio. Who do you who do you think is the best wide receiver in the NFL? Odell's my my man. Oh, that's especially now he went to the Browns. Browns. <laughs> <laughs> what I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> what um teams, coaches, players, offense or defense, are you really excited to play against at the next level? Oh man, any team to be honest. But, I mean. Definitely playing for like head coaches like, like the Chiefs guys. I mean, oh, the so Patriots. He really just like, wants to, he wants to like any Chiefs. like any big team like that that has a great reputation and have had success in the past would be. I mean, awesome to play play for and play against. Right. Yeah. Um, what is like the one on field uh, skill or trait that you want to improve the most as you make the jump from UMass to this level? Uh, that's that's a tough question. What, what do I want to improve the most? Definitely just my mentality coming out and just, like, playing, like, being able to keep even when things go bad because the next thing's going to go right, things mm-hmm. are going to go bad. But being able to, to stay positive every for all the negatives, I guess, is that's, that's one big thing I think that I'm going to have to take at the next level is being able to stay positive throughout every, every situation. Mm-hmm. And finally, last question. You're not really a big social media guy, <laughs> but you're really humble and hardworking and Coach Mark Whipple actually said you're one of the top five hardest working players he's ever coached, NFL or college. Mm. What drives you to be great, and what are you most excited about as you move on to the NFL? Uh, what drives me is definitely my family, my friends. I don't want to let, let my family down and my friends down. I think I have a lot of people that, that look up to me, and I don't want to let, let them down. I think that's always been big for me. 
And, I mean, I always love football. It's something I've always wanted to do. So, I mean, just that passion for the game that keeps me going. And uh, what, what was the last question? Uh, what are you most excited about as you move on to the NFL? I guess the, I guess I have the the platform that I'm gonna have to maybe change other people's lives. Yeah, I think that's love that. That's uh, love that. That's something that I'm looking. Are there like to. certain things you're interested in in terms of making change, social change, all that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's definitely a couple things I want to uh, get going. Under wraps for now. Say yeah. Less. <laughs> <laughs> hey, say like less. <laughs> you don't gotta say it twice. But um, all right. Well, Andy, thank you so much for appreciate coming on the show. On, no, we appreciate, appreciate you. Man, we wish you all the luck. All the luck been watching you your whole career and you're gonna do great things so amen thank you for coming on the amen. show thank you say less do big things Andy. no doubt thank you